0: And whose side is you on? Starboard side! Starboard! Starboard! The starboard side! Starboard side. You're on the starboard side. March starboard. Hello, my fellow Floridians. Welcome to the starboard side. Thank you so much for stopping by. We made it through Monday, now it's time to tackle Tuesday. And in order to help you do that, I've got a couple of, uh, let's, let's call them interesting stories to cover. Uh, y- you know, it's great. I, I really enjoy uh, the state of politics in this country right now because it- it's shining a light on the extremes on both sides, no doubt, uh, but especially the, the openness and, and just the-, the brazen display of how crazy the left has become is it- it's more obvious than ever. Uh, And that is very evident in a couple of articles that I'm going to uh, share with you today uh, that I read yesterday. So uh, let's start with this first one. And by the way, if you've got little ears in the car or around the house that you're listening, uh, you may want to fast forward for the next couple of minutes because this particular article uh, is is probably not good for, for the little ones. So I'll give you a second to do that while I pull up this article. And this is from the LA Times yesterday. The title of the article is, STDs in L.A. County are skyrocketing. Officials think racism and stigma may be to blame. So, uh, already the the premise of the article uh, is clearly wacky, but let's keep going for a minute. It it begins like this. Uh, The teenagers tucked their hands into their sweatshirt pockets as they shuffled to form a circle. Some gazed at the asphalt, trying to avoid the game they'd been drafted to play. Quote, it's like hot potato slash musical chairs, but with a penis, said the girl leading the group. Uh, the kids gathered on a spring morning in South LA, where they began a hands-on lesson in sex education. So, oh, this is okay. The, basically, the article en- ends up arriving at the conclusion that because of economic reasons, uh, that the STD issue is a also uh, is also a racial issue or stems from racial injustice, which. Again, and and we can go back to this over and over again because this is just what liberals do, Uh, this is called the bigotry of low expectations, basically saying that uh, because black people are low income, that they can't handle having sex, uh, or that just because they are black people and just because black people uh, have a higher rate of STDs, it must be because they are low income. These things are uh, correlation, not necessarily causation, although in this case, the the uh, economic side of things is much more relevant to the rate of STDs than the race issue. But the main crux of this article that I wanted to talk about is just the concept that they are shocked that STDs are skyrocketing while they're teaching kids to play hot potato with a dildo. So, so that game they were describing earlier, uh, it was where they would toss a dildo back and forth in a circle, and when the music stops, whichever girl had possession uh, of said dildo would have to put a condom on it, thereby presumably teaching them uh, the proper way to do that. Listen, uh, let me say this right off the bat. I am not some kind of sexual Puritan. I'm not a particularly uh, religious guy. I understand that, that kids especially are going to do what they are going to do, right? I get that. However, as a society... I think for some time now, we've leaned into the idea that there is, uh, maybe there's nothing we can do about it, maybe there is, but we've leaned into the idea that the best practice is to instead of discouraging those acts, to instead make sure that those acts are done as safely as possible. And I just think that is the absolute wrong approach. And unfortunately, I I don't have some some 10-point plan uh, to fix this issue. But I do think that that should be left to the parents, number one. I don't have kids right now, so that's why I don't have that specific plan already laid out. But again, it should be left to the parents and not to either schools or in this case, I think this is just like a community-funded sort of summer camp for these kids. Uh, It's actually, I'm sorry, it's called the Spring Into Love event, which is, yeah, it's like a summer camp or a spring camp for these kids. But I just, I think it's interesting, this prescription that has come I think, from the left, from this, this sort of sex-positive vibe, especially towards children. And and it's, it's not only accepting, but it's encouraging the sexualization of these kids. And I just... I, number one, of course, I think that's gross, but I also think it's ineffective. You know, the problem is that, you know, again, the kids are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to give in to their base instincts. That's a given. But we used to teach kids about virtue about trying to hold back and fight against those urges because that's what being disciplined and being virtuous is all about right and we still do this we still take this into account for other aspects of of young adult life and, and teenage life and and the lives of children you know for example if we look at fighting right fighting is a natural urge uh, among most children uh, but especially boys, uh, at some point in their in their lives growing up through school, right? Those issues are going to pop up where in a moment, children are going to feel the urge to fight one another. Some act on that. Some don't. But the point is, is that we've set up these artificial structures with artificial consequences to discourage that sort of behavior, right? We say, no, fighting's bad. You shouldn't do that. Uh, it could have these negative consequences like hurting one another, number one. Number two, it distracts from learning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's adequate punishments built into the system to discourage these sorts of things, right? We, we don't have boxing classes for kids to make sure that they're punching properly uh, and, and that they're not going to, to break their knuckles when their fists connect with their friends' faces, right? That's not the, the plan of action because it doesn't make sense. And I think the same thing is applied to the sex, edu- sex education stuff. Yes, again, the kids are going to give in to these actions, but when we encourage that, right when we say hey that's okay it's okay to give in to what you want to do because it's natural it sends a confusing message because in the next breath you're telling them okay if you're going to do that you know if you're if you're going to accept what feels good and what feels natural then you, you should do it safely so here's this condom but guess what gang and and again this is you know not safe for little ears or anything but the truth of the matter is condoms don't feel good <laughs> It's boring. Uh, it, it really kills the mood when you have to pause uh, you know a passionate moment to to put a condom on. And so when you're when you've already encouraged a kid and said, hey, you know sex is a perfectly beautiful, wonderful, natural thing, which it is, okay Again, I'm not a Puritan, but this is the the thought process. When you tell a kid that sex is a natural, beautiful, wonderful thing and you should just accept that you're going to have it, the next step is not, oh, let me go ahead and put this condom on. It's, oh man, those condoms sucks. It doesn't feel good, so I'm gonna do what feels right and what feels natural, what feels wonderful and beautiful, and not wear one. And, and then we're surprised when we end up with skyrocketing STDs and skyrocketing pregnancies. It, it's it's a whole I, I just I think this is an approach issue, and I think it's absolutely backwards from from where we ought to be. So uh, anyway, if I if I haven't sounded like an old man enough yet, the next story we're going to be covering is all about marijuana. Uh, but it's also tied into to a more sinister story uh, that broke over the weekend, uh, and it's all about the Parkland shooter, this—well, uh, you know what, I'm not even going to say his name—the the Parkland shooter, who apparently—and and the news broke over the weekend that he was a part of and was released, so to speak, was let go— Five times because of an Obama-era program called the Promise Program. Now, just a little backstory. Uh, At some point, uh, the Obama team noticed that uh, for youths, the arrests and incarcerations uh, were mainly focused on minorities. And so to combat this issue, instead of trying to, I don't know, come up with a program to prevent minorities from committing these crimes in the first place, they came up with the Promise Program, which essentially it was a get-out-of-jail-free card for some of these kids to make sure that they either A, didn't come out with a record or that their permanent records weren't as uh, sullied as they would necessarily be in an attempt to sort of uh, balance out the statistics uh, of arrests and convictions uh, for, for youthful offenders uh, across the the racial spectrum. Right? You following that? So, uh, this particular kid, this Parkland shooter, as we know now, uh, police were contacted dozens of times uh, about his actions and and things that he did. And dozens of times, the police had the opportunity to arrest the kid, to baker Act the kid, to strip him of his weapons uh, for perfectly legitimate reasons. But, because this person has a, a vaguely... Uh, Hispanic-sounding last name, he qualified for the Promise Program, and so five of those dozens of times, he was essentially let go. Uh, A blind eye was turned to him in the name of social justice. So keep that in mind as I read this next story and by the way, you can read all sorts of articles about that last story, about the, the Promise program. It's all over the place, but uh, a particular article in National Review entitled uh, Parkland Shooter Was Assigned to Controversial uh, Disciplinary Program by uh, Merid uh, McCardle, I believe the name is. Uh, it's a great article. It breaks the whole thing down, and it's really interesting. So uh, I encourage you to go look that up. But anyway, keep that article in mind as we discuss this uh, next little bit of crazy in the form of an article in Forbes titled, Cannabis Industry Could Be a, quote, Form of Reparations, says Synthony Nixon. So if you're not familiar with who Synthony Nixon is, she is a candidate or a potential candidate running for governor in New York. uh, And her, it seems like her entire platform is based on marijuana. Uh, For whatever reason, as liberal a state as New York is, they have yet to... Uh, adopt legalization of marijuana and Cynthia Nixon wants to change that, uh, but not necessarily just for the reasons uh, of enjoying the substance apparently. She believes that it should be legalized as a form uh, of racial justice and that licenses for uh, distributors or uh, what do you call them Uh, dispensaries uh, should be prioritized for black and low income areas as a form of reparations. You see, this whole premise, at least the premise that Cynthia Nixon is running on, is is very similar to this Promise Foundation, which, or excuse me, Promise Program, which is also very similar uh, to the Sex Ed story we were talking about earlier. What all of these have in common is that instead of teaching virtue and teaching to curb your baser instincts and to fight against your your you know raw urges, right, to have some modicum of discipline some some amount of virtue to guide you, these leftist programs instead decide to just try to wipe the slate clean or to lessen the punishment, right? So essentially it's like this. If you have a dog, and please don't misunderstand me, I'm not trying to <laughs> equate uh, minorities or poor people with dogs, just bear with me through this metaphor. Uh, if you have a dog who is uh, peeing in the house, right, the the obvious response would be to train the dog to use the restroom outside. But a leftist perspective or a leftist solution to that problem is switch your carpet out for tile because it's easier to clean up. It just does not make any sense. So this uh, Cynthia Nixon is saying that, hey, listen, you know, everybody uh, uses marijuana and we shouldn't try to fix that at all. Instead, what we should do uh, is we should lessen the consequences of using that drug. Now, Bear with me here, okay? Uh, I, and just like the, the the sex ed stuff, I'm not a Puritan, and, and I am not a uh, uh, an anti-drug guy by any means, okay? I, I am very libertarian in this sense. However, the way the laws apply now are not racist, okay? That, that is just the go-to excuse for people on the left. The laws are wrong, in my opinion. I don't think marijuana should be illegal. However, it is. And that goes across the board. If a white kid gets caught with marijuana, it's just as illegal as if a black kid gets caught with marijuana. However, the difference is the reason why the incarceration and the arrest rates are so much higher for African-American kids is because they are patrolled more. And the reason they are patrolled more is because they are caught more often with marijuana. It's just that simple. This is not racism. This is a results-based system. And that's what happens. So, Oh, guys, it's just, you know, uh, again, like I said at the be- beginning of this whole episode, I-, I am enjoying the the display, the full display uh, of the craziness of the left as it stands today. It- it's remarkable to see, uh, and we need to keep pointing it out and, and shouting it from the rooftops and say, hey, uh, yes, this was written about in Forbes. Yes, this was written about in the LA Times, but it's crazy, and it's backwards, and it's weird, and it's wrong, uh, and if you want to hear more stuff like this, and you want to stay informed, uh, and you want to stay in touch with all the liberal craziness in the world, uh, but especially in Florida, uh, give us a follow on Twitter, at Starboard Double Underscore Side. Follow us uh, on Facebook, Facebook uh, Facebook.com rather, slash the Starboard Side. Uh, we just added my buddy DJ, and and already uh, the engagement has been a lot higher with you guys, so thank you very much if you're if you're new to us, and if you're new to to liking the page and and uh, being plugged in with us, welcome aboard, we're, we're really happy to have you. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. Thank you again for listening. This has been the Starboard Side.